what does it really take to create captivating copy? I've got Brenna McGowan here to help us understand. It's No Boring Stories, episode 40. Let's get into it. Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. You know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience, clarify your message, and grow your business and impact like never before. That's why I'm here. Each episode bringing you transformative stories, expert storytellers, and my signature storytelling tools, all to help you tell a better story. Because there's no such thing as boring stories, just boring storytellers. I'm your host, Alex Street, and as you'll hear in this episode, even though I auditioned for a Sunny D commercial, I can't stand this stuff. Ugh. And I expect to get some hate mail after this episode for just that comment. Today on the show, we've got the queen of email, probably not hate mail, but here she is, Brenna McGowan. She's an award-winning email copywriter who helps get the confetti out of your head and into personality-filled copy that glides onto the page. She is so fun to talk to. She is open for all of my challenging questions and situations. In fact, near the beginning of this conversation, I just invite her to help me write some copy and dig up a story for a good email. She reveals her process, takes me through, and I believe that we create some magic here, which isn't surprising because she really has a knack for helping clients tell everyday stories that fill up their programs and create massive results in their sales. You are going to love Brenna and her personality and her whole story and how she just really pulls the curtain back on what she does. And by the end of this episode, you'll understand even more how to create captivating copy using your stories along the way. Look, if something stands out to you in this episode, which I'm sure it will, then please share this on your social media, leave a rating and a review on your podcast player and know that I am so grateful that you're here to engage with yet another not boring story. So please enjoy the conversation here with Brenna McGowan. Brenna McGowan, how are you? Very good. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate uh, this interview. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, we've uh, we've chatted before a little bit. We did an, an IG live, and it was just it was so easy. We're like, oh, we gotta we gotta keep this conversation going somehow. We gotta let's dive in, dive in more and and dig in and bring more more gold to the audience. So, what I want to get into today is, of course, uh, storytelling and copywriting. You are the copywriting queen, an absolute genius in this field, and how you're helping people is phenomenal. So I want to get into that a little bit. I also want to hear your story, obviously, how you got into that. Why do you even care? Why why copywriting and how is that helpful and why does it matter? But I want to start with something you told me. You know, I ask all my people at a time, like, what? tell me your favorite stories. And often it's like a book or a movie or something. And occasionally somebody will be like, oh, there's this really personal story that I love. And it, you're one of those people. So you told me, the story of your dad and your Nana or opening Christmas presents. I don't want to spoil it. I just, what is this story? Bring us in. So uh, my father, I feel like I got all of my storytelling abilities from him. And uh, my dad's one of those people that just like lights up in a room and he's six foot seven. So he stands out in a room too, because he's so Gosh. tall. So, um, but you better be smiling. <laughs> yeah. So my dad was an only child and my Nana God bless her. She was just 
it just naive, I think is the best word. She always wanted to have lots of children. She could only, she got, she had several miscarriages. She had my dad and my dad gave her a run for her money. Um, and so my dad always tells a story about at Christmas time, he would, now my Nana worked. So, so, um, you know, this is what my dad was in the early sixties. So my dad, even as a young kid would be home by himself and they'd wrap up all the presents. So my dad, even as a young boy would go, he'd unwrap all of his Christmas presents that were under the tree, play with them. The one that I remember, if, if, if my memory is correct, like a train set, like he'd get it all set up, have everything, play with it. And then he would put everything back together, um, repackage it so it would look like it was never touched and throw oh it God. back under the tree. So uh, it always makes me laugh. When did she find out? Oh, she never found. I think it was like <laughs> it was when he was like an adult, and yeah, right, and yeah, he would tell her these things that like he would do. Gosh, now that I'm thinking about, it, there's another story he did. I mean, he just would he'd play like not even like tricks on her, but she was so naive and loving and caring that she didn't realize like he was doing all these things as a kid. I love and how you're using those. You're like naive and loving and caring. She was. Like she was. <laughs> She was like, she's absolutely, um, you know, an incredible grandmother, but you know, I, I don't think that like, she, she just didn't think through some of these things. Um, and sure. now I feel like with my kids, I'm always like, all right, like, what are they up to? Like, I can yeah, totally right, tell exactly. like that. Nothing I, gets by me. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> although I'm sure like we talked about before we started, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff yeah. that gets by me, but, mm -hmm. yeah, um, sure. but yeah, she, she, he would do all these kind of things to her. And this is the kind of thing. Well, I mean, she's still around. No, no. She passed away probably yeah. uh, about 15 years ago. I wonder if that's the kind of thing that like, really, I mean, deep down, she's like, I knew, I knew everything. Like, that's, that's how my mom was. I'm like, ah, I got this by you. She's like, oh, darling, nothing go by me. Right. I saw everything. <laughs> like, oh, oh, no, where were you? Like, how? <laughs> and, and she actually has a similar story of doing something like that, of like, of, of opening Christmas presents and wrapping them back up. And it's just, I just imagine the precision that he had to go through to like not rip the paper oh, and <laughs> my dad to pull something off he, he'll be as precise as he needs to be uh even you know even as an adult he'll he'll do things to uh he's a bit of a bit of a jokester so well okay well let's carry that through because maybe that's the same sort of you know skill set that you bring into what you do and the precision that it requires to craft words together to put things together to really um, help your clients and your audience really effectively receive a message, um, a message that's important. So as a copywriter, tell me like what this is, what do you do? That's a great question. Um, as a copywriter, I, I help people sell their stuff. I mean, that's my first, you know, the biggest objective is, okay, mm. words, you know, copy in the terms of we use it are words that sell. So how can I craft copy words that sell not only for myself, but for my clients. But when we get a little deeper into that, there's, you know, there's different ways of doing this. Um, and for me, it's always been like, how can I take this, like, the fun side of our lives, the everyday stories is what I call them. And how can we use mm -hmm. these things that happen to us in a way to connect with our audience and build personal relationship and also strategically sell whatever our offer 
offerings are, knowing in the way that we we're we're doing it in a way that is um, empathetic, and by using our stories, we show our clients why they need us. And so that's yeah. really always my goal. It's not not just to sell people stuff that you know is there is some psychology behind it and i'm not a master psychologist but you know my goal is okay how can i show people through examples metaphors parallels things that are going on in their own lives help them see why what i'm offering or what my client is offering is actually a benefit to them yeah so is that right every metaphor every every simile every sort of picture every visual every story like literal story is actually telling this story of like, I'm just trying to help you see either the pain or the promise, like it, it or both. Or I'm trying to help you shift your belief on something or see, see mm. things through a slight, slightly different eye or show you why, why your objection to this may, why you maybe haven't thought about it from all these different angles. And let me help yeah. present this to you. Is that easy for you? Uh, Does this come easy? Yeah, I would say yes to to a degree. I think sometimes sometimes the puzzle of it all makes my brain mm -hmm. hurt. But literally, mm -hmm. I can like be listening to someone and they can be talking. And if I know enough about their business, I start. It's almost like a matching game in my, the way it works in my mind. Like, how can I start matching all of this research that I do for clients, understanding? Like we talked about what the pain points, objections, yeah. Uh, yeah. how can I take that? And then how can I find these stories and start matching them together? Mm. Okay. <laughs> I got to I, Okay. I want to, I'm going to invite you into something here and I don't want to, you can absolutely refuse and we'll keep going. And I, I mean, for all intents and purposes, we could just edit this question out right here. If we want to, if you decide, no, I don't want to do this. Do you, wanna, if you stump can, me, if can, you stump me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was like, can you do that that puzzle piecing together or whatever? Like, do you want to dive in and do that with me, with my business right now sure. to show how this works and kind of creating some copy through that as I understand my client and, and whatever? Like, is that fun? Yeah, that be yeah, I'm up for the challenge. Although now I'll feel like I came up with a lame story and then like 30 <laughs> minutes when we're done, I'll be driving and I'll be like, shoot. This was a better story, but but I think working through the exercise will really help people. Even if my even if I'm doing it yeah. lamely through this process, because uh, I'm on the spot, I think maybe I'll come up with something genius now. You never know. So of course, of course you will. That's that's what it is. The best, the most inspired workers do it on the spot, or artists. You know, they they just Let's they break pick up the palette. They're like, fine, I'll make something. There we go. And then it's it's a friggin' Michelangelo. So <laughs> let's um. Okay. What, what, I mean, what do you got? What, what, where do you start? Okay. So tell me the number one reason why people don't buy from you. Don't buy from me. Um, they, uh, they feel like they've already done their branding. They've already got their main message. They've already, uh, they're, they're pretty far along in the process and are selling something. I've already found success or, they um they feel like that i don't have enough of a thing to even you know invest that kind of money in doing the the long-term story kind of work so the latter part of what you said what do you mean that they don't have a thing like they, they're like yeah yeah no i i know that i want to do life coaching but i don't know like yeah i don't even know what structure that is so they think that you know they need 
strategy and sales before doing the deep rooted story work. So they're like, I'm going to go and work that out right now. Um, and I'll come to you later. And so we'll they, they think they need to do these other things first before they work on their story. Yeah. I'd say that's, that's, that's a common, um, objection or idea that comes through. Yeah. Okay. So if you were my client, I would say, okay, let's like start thinking through something in your life where you thought that something needed to come first and then you realized, so now I'm going to put you on the spot. What's something in your life where you thought, okay, this is really important, but you, you kind of missed the boat that it was really uh, like a, a time in your life where you did something similar to what they're doing. Okay. Uh, I love this. I love this work. Um, there's, you know, I would say first thing that came to mind was when I tried out for, I tried to be an actor. So I lived I, right after high school, I moved to downtown Toronto and was like, I'm, I want, I'm going to be in a big time actor. And maybe I thought, okay, I need, I need an agent before I can act. I need to go get an agent. So then I did all this work and all it took all this time to try to do whatever I could to get an agent when then I was offered, I was like turning down independent films because I was like, no, I need an agent and I got to put my time into getting an agent. Do you know what I mean? So I was like trying to get that and turning down the opportunities to actually act so that I could like find the person who's going to get me these opportunities. Perfect. Okay. So, that comes to mind. Okay. So that's a perfect. So what I would do if you were my client, I would, I would say, okay, tell, you know, I would go through a process where I'd be like, okay, so tell me a story about a time that, you know, you spent all this time trying to work, trying to get an agent. Like, is there something funny that happened? Is there, uh, is there a story uh -huh. about getting an agent that, that sticks in your mind? I, <laughs> I remember going, well, I, I went for like an open call for, uh, I think it was for a Sunny D commercial maybe. And I remember like it was at some hotel and I had to pay for like, you know, all the bus fare and everything to get out there and then waited in line for a long time. And then you just wait in line and walk up to this table. They ask you your name. They said, you know, say a line. And it was probably like, whoa, Sunny D, your mom's the coolest. Like it was some like classic line. And then I remember they said like, okay, can you lift up your shirt? I was like, what? okay. <laughs> So I did because I was like, sure. They're like, hmm, okay, yeah, you could probably, you could probably work on that body a little bit more. Okay, thank you. And I was like, I'm 19, and I'm like, I'm like hot stuff at this point. And then she just like in, in two words just cut me down. And also, I felt like kind of violated in all of this, all in this desperation for like, I hope that they represent me. I'll do whatever they say. And I know there's been obviously as I say that I'm laughing through it, that is unfortunately a terribly nasty side of the whole industry. But in that situation, I was like, I don't think I want to do that anymore. So, so we just wrote your email. So basically your subject line <laughs> is the time they made me lift up my shirt. Uh, <laughs> right. Like everyone is going to open that email. I'm already, I'm already telling you. And then you tell this story about the time that you walked in and, um, you know, what you just said to me, and then you, you figure out a way to, you know, to segue it over is what I call it, or use a transition yeah. sentence. And, you know, this is very, this is really similar to how you're probably thinking when yeah. it comes to stories that you don't think that, uh, storytelling is important. You think the branding is important. You think the fonts are important. You blah, blah, blah. Um, mm -hmm. but really what is truly the first is getting that foundation of your story. The foundation of your story is what 
and then you go into your explanation. Yeah. Oof. We came up with a good one. <laughs> yes. Imagine that. There's no boring right? stories here, Brenna. There's no boring stories. Uh, this is because even as you're saying that, I'm thinking, yeah, okay, so that this is the magic of like, what's that transition statement? That's where people get hung up. And I would say that's looking at something like, okay, so who I who was I in that? Well, I was somebody who was confused on the process. I was confused about what I had and what was going on. And then, you know, now I'm coming forward or even through that, I got to the point where I was like, oh, I should just do the thing that I'm good at. Just take those. That was as clear as anything. And so, yeah, like once again, I went from confused to clear and I'm here to help you do the same in your storytelling, in your branding. Like this is how I can help you. And you, while you're looking out there for all the different answers and options, I'm right here to help you find the clarity that you need. Boom. Transcribe it and send that, send that puppy out. You're... Gosh, I got to send that to my assistant. Oh, yeah, and you have to tell me what your open rate is on that. I mean, or I should I should hire you, I think, maybe. That's yeah, yeah, that exactly. Hire me to write your emails. Well, and I have a whole guide. I, so um, at the end, I can tell you, too. I have a whole guide how, that I wrote, or not a, but I took, like, some of the top copywriters, and I showed, like, how they do this and how they use segues to, mm -hmm. um, because this isn't as easy for everyone, um, trying to figure out this, like, He's like parallels. Yeah. And like I said, the matching part of it is how can I take this like core feeling emotion and, and either, mm -hmm. either come up with a story like we did. That's what I would call like my backward method where we are, where we're yeah. figuring out what the main point of our, our story is the, that we want to bring or show people or something amazing happens or so funny in your life. And you're like, where can I use this? Like, how, how can I find the connection? So I do that a lot too. Yes. Where, um, like I told this story in my email this week where my husband, uh, talking about lifting up shirts, uh, he was, uh, <laughs> I know, oh I feel like we went down this road the last time we talked, but my husband, he's been working out really hard and, you know, we're in our mid forties. So things just aren't quite the same as they used to be. And he's been, um, and so he's asking me for like, Hey, how am I looking? You know, am I looking, you know, and I'm looking over at him from my bed and I'm like, yeah, you know, you're looking bulky. And to me, like bulky is like muscular, right? Like that's like a super compliment. And that was not, and he, every time we talk, it's like now like an inside joke, like, uh, do not, do not call your man bulky people. Cause yeah. it's not a compliment. So I was like, I have to use this story somehow. So I, it's always around you. It's just figuring out once you can figure out how to do the connection part, like your gold, you can do social posts, you can go and do yeah. videos on this because people always love when you start with a story, you know, and you can do emails. It, I mean, it's, you can use it everywhere yeah. once you can kind of figure out this story component. So for you, even with that, when you think of the, the bulky thing, I assume like, like you're like, oh, I got this. It's no, yeah, it's a post about the how important your word choice is. Exactly. Well, and not only that, I, but then I even transitioned. So I did like a super stealth one where it was like, yeah, this is why your word choice is so important. This is why using voice a customer. Like if I would have thought about it for two minutes or done a little research, I would have mm -hmm. known, hey, honey, you're looking really cut is much better than you're looking bulky, right? So <laughs> so if I would have thought about it for a second, but then I also, I transitioned it to like, 
but you know, you don't want me sitting here lecturing you about voice of customer. Like I'm not writing an email about the three ways to like use voice of customer to improve your emails. You need to hire me to do it for you. Like that's where I went. So. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this, I mean, Hey, this is, again, this is what we're 20 minutes in. I don't know. And I think that everybody's got like, anybody listening is seeing the massive value of this, of how, how much more engaging that is. Let's talk, you know, if it's, yeah, if it's me telling that story. And, and to be honest, this is what's so fun about this is you asked me a story, you went, you took me down a path, which I love to go down with my clients as well. You go down some route and you see that we're tapping into something that they haven't talked about for a long time, or they may even say something like, I've never told anybody this story before. I imagine you get that a lot when you're digging in like this, you get people going like, Oh, I've never really talked about this before. And I, because they don't think how it's going to relate to what they're doing now. But what you just did was show us the absolute gold and glory of how all of your stories, all of your moments right? matter. And I think too, it's like, you could be telling something from childhood. You can be telling something from it. So it's like, it, yes. it opens a world to you. I think though, sometimes, and this is why, the process I went with you of asking you, like, what are those objections or what are those things? Because that's how you tailor it back down to know what stories to tell. Right. Because I joke, like, you don't want to be like, you know, the uncle at the table who's just telling random stories and everyone's like, please stop. This is so boring. You we're I, we're always trying to think, okay, how is this, how is the reader going to, um, you know, how is this story important to the reader? And then you can go even a step further, which is like going down the rabbit hole is, okay, is, is this story within my brand? Because there's other stories too that, you know, I try and keep the a light, fun. And so sometimes stories will come up and I'll be like, and eh, that just doesn't feel right for like, or maybe it feels too exposed. Yeah. And so I think it's always, yeah. it's setting up some boundaries too. So you know how to use the stories. Mm. What? What ultimately happens when you work with somebody and you help them do what you just did with me and on a larger scale and a wider scale and they they see more success in their business, they see more sales, they get more clients, they do all those things, more brand awareness. Then what? What what kind of impact do you are you here to to make with those people? What do you love to see? Well, I mean, I don't on a big scale, I think you're asking a big like why question and I I think I'm just here to help people feel like they can, you know, be comfortable in their own skin, understand how they can do so, um, and be able to support their families. Like when I started, I didn't start this business because I thought, oh, I'm going to like become this big copywriter and really try and help and do all it, that was, I wanted to make $500 extra a month for my family. Like that, that was my goal. So I think I always go back to like, if I can help people, you know, be able to do this, this business way in a way that doesn't feel quite so heavy and be able to inject personal story and be able to make connections and sell in a way that doesn't feel, which I feel like this word so overused, but not feel salesy, right? Like if I can do that, then, mm -hmm. then like mission accomplished. Like I, I'm just here to like help my clients, you know, reach their goals in a way that feels good to them. And hopefully we can use mm -hmm. our storytelling and copywriting abilities to do so. So where does that, like, why does that matter for you? That's where I would go back to like that idea of, 
in a way that feels good for you. It's almost like there's this level of authenticity that's like really important of this. It's like, Although you, I hate that like word. <laughs> you are important enough. Yes. Well, yeah, we've talked about this. So what, um, let me just ask that then, because I know that we use this a lot and it's used a lot. What kind of words would you use instead of authentic? Hey, you want something for free that's going to help you with your speaking? Here it is. When I started out speaking, I had no confidence. Eyes locked in my notes or off on a wild tangent, fidgeting and pacing all around the stage. I wasn't getting asked to speak where I wanted to, and I felt like I was wasting my time and my audience's time. So you're booked for a workshop or a keynote and the date is fast approaching or you're hoping to land some speaking gigs as extra income and you don't know where to begin. If you don't get extra help, you'll be embarrassed, you'll waste your time and you'll lose relational connections. And I'm sure that you can be a more confident speaker and transform your audience. That's why I created the Make Speaking Magical video course. During my 20 years of speaking to crowds, I've learned five main tricks that help me walk on stage with confidence and make sure my message sticks. I've been repeatedly asked back by event organizers, spoken at workshops about these tricks and coached individuals on putting these techniques into their talks to give them confidence before a nerve wracking presentation. So whether you're speaking on a big stage or on camera or on a podcast or around the dinner table, the Make Speaking Magical video course will give you everything you need to speak with confidence and transform your audience. And right now I'm giving away two modules of the seven module course for free so that you can learn to connect with your audience and then really put all this into motion to make your speaking magical. Go ahead, get two modules of the course for free right now just by going to my website alexstreet.ca you can find it there or find the link on my bio in my instagram hurry though because this is only going to be available for a limited time well i think authentic has been overly used like be authentic and then i think it also makes people feel like oh my gosh, like now I have to, to be authentic, I got to like show everyone everything about my life. I'm not being authentic if I'm not. And I, and I don't, I want to hang out with real people. And so I always go back to the word real, which is like, you know, maybe I'm, uh, it's the same word that I'm just trying to use a different way, you know, but I, I'm always thinking of, I think authenticity, it, it almost feels unauthentic to say you're authentic right like let's just be like our real our real selves and I think this is too is like so much of I always think when I first learned email copywriting and this isn't a new concept but since I heard it first from my mentor Chris Orzakowski he always like talked about showing not telling and I think that's where instead of telling people we're authentic let's show them we're authentic by by the content and the about what we put out into the world and I think that's probably where I, I, that's maybe why maybe rubs it me in the wrong day way. Cause people are saying, be authentic, be your authentic self. And a, they're not telling people how to do this in a way that, that feels real and still feels good to the person who's actually putting out the per, the business person, I should say. Yeah. I love that. That's, uh, this is, I mean, this is honestly being part of the, the journey for me is, is trying to teach what I do, I guess. And, and it's, it, as you say, you're like, if you say you're authentic, doesn't that feel inauthentic? And it's, it is a sense of like, no, I get it. The thing that has drawn people to me over the years is the fact that I show up 
fully. This is just, this is me. Like, I'm, you know, I'm as real as it comes, I I think. And, and there's something that's been attractive about that. And so then part of this is teaching others, how do you do this? Like, how do you show up like this? If it doesn't just come easily naturally, if, if, you know, I'm, I follow in the footsteps of my mom and my dad who did this, who showed up in the same way, all the way, all the places that they went. And for me, I think just thinking about what you just said of, I could be out here saying like, just be authentic, just show up just like I do. Come on, everybody. And you're sitting there going like, yeah, but, but like how, like, I don't, right. I don't get it. And so what I'm, my effort then is to say the best way for you to be authentic is to embrace and grow empathy for your own story and truly see the journey that you've been on so that you can show up understanding what you've got through to get here and how amazingly uh, important it is. I love that. And that's going to allow you to show up in a more real way. Yep. I love that. So for you, it's good. Thank you. <laughs> for you, this idea of being real then, allowing, helping people show up in a real way. <laughs> real. Um, how do you, how do you, oh, where does that begin for you? Why does that matter? Like that's, that's where I would say, let's go back in your story, back, 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 back before the before to where, where you start to see that in your life showing up, like as a kid, as a young teen, you know, was it, did it bother you when people were fake? Like what was, what shows up for you around that idea of just be real, be who you are, uh, kind of as an early age, like where does that show up for you? Now I feel like I need to be like laying back on like a couch for like the psychology of all this. Yeah. There we go. Yes. Tell me all your problems. Tell you. I don't know if I have a great answer at the moment. I'll be honest with you. Like when, well, when did that, I decide that, that I wasn't the question? Do, it's like, hang on, like hang I said, on. I, 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 I want you felt... to hear this, right? So, so okay, I, what was I'm the thinking about this idea of being okay. real. Where does go back? Okay to think about your child, think about early teen years, think about something way back then, when, no, way back then, hold on. Okay, so back then, <laughs> that this idea of, of authenticity, of being real, of not being fake, of hiding something, is there a moment, is there a memory that shows up as you think about that concept? Don't think about like, when did this shift? When did I realize that? Just what, think about those concepts, those ideas. Is there right. anything that shows up? around how your friends treated you or your parents or anything like that? I would say, I think in general, probably the way I grew up, um, you know, I grew up in a very mm -hmm. conservative Christian household. So what comes to my mind too, is I think sometimes I felt like I couldn't be, you know, like, I feel like there is this like, kind of like weird part in my life because of the way we grew up based like on other kids who were just like, you know, they didn't have to go to church three times a week or do all these other things. So I think that's probably where I think it would stick up is like, okay, because I think too, there, we, I think at a young age, we don't feel like maybe all of our parts of our lives are mm -hmm. accepted from others. Um, whether we were, whether we chose that or were forced into it by, uh, the way that our parents raised us. So yeah. I think that would be probably where it's like, okay, where, how can we be accepting of people? And I think, um, in general, it's given me a very, I'm very thankful because I think I have a very balanced view on people and um and how they go through their life because of it kind of the like you know everybody you see is going through something so like have grace have patience for that kind of an idea 
exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's it is that's so interesting because the word yeah be real and and you talk about kind of growing up in a Christian home and everything and that that's so I was a pastor for a long time and and this idea of um of inauthenticity uh of hypocrisy is is almost like a narrative that I know that that a, a whole generation has towards you know the church in, in some way and whatever but it's sort of this idea of like just be like who you say you are is not who you act to be and all these things show up and whether it's leaders or anybody showing up in a way that doesn't feel like it's like they're putting on a show or something and that's that can unfortunately be part of that narrative in that setting and it's not to be assumed that like oh because you were in that that's how you felt but in your story you're like well that probably yeah I, I kind of saw a lot of a lot of hurt that was covered up or I saw people acting one way and saying they act another way or something like that as you're growing up through those years. That's right. what I heard. Exactly. Yeah. So then what, what do you, as you grow up and you get into this, like first career, like college, like where did you go? Where did you shift? Where did you, where did you work and kind of what direction did you go? Well, I got married when I was young. I got married, met my husband when I was 19, got married at 20. Um, I was 21. I when I got married. Okay. So there we go. Wow. We're all right. <laughs> so we're, we're both. I always joke around like, wow, we're really both like, uh, what do I want to say? Like I tell my husband, we're beating major odds at this point, right? Like we're, we're going on 24 years. So at least I think so. I'm at the age now I forget too. like, how old am I? Um, so yeah, I think I, I worked at a bank. I was a, an assistant manager and I think all these things like accumulation. So I'll go through fast since I'm old, like the things, but I was an assistant manager for a bank. I was a teller. It was like my first job. Um, when I had my son at 25, I pretty much, uh, I did a little bit of banking still, but I was a stay at home mom mm -hmm. and I continue to be a stay at home mom. And then around my, when my daughter went to preschool, I started doing some like odd jobs, like some social media posting for people. I would do some, um, like I did an email newsletter, but I do, I did all these things for just like a little extra money mm -hmm. or because I wanted to like trade for facials or something. Like I, it was not, uh, no. it wasn't like a serious business. And then I had gotten a job with a website development company. It's not even a job. I was just kind of working on the side. And at the time, this company had slowed down. And I was like, I don't want to have to go like work at a, like a real job. Like my main job has been to take care of my children, be there. So yeah. um, I, I, on a whim, at the same time, my friend was starting a, a business as an esthetician and was doing eyelashes. How and I wanted... Now? This was the bat. Well, I started my business, I think like April, 2018 is when I consider my start date. So okay. um, a little bit over three years ago. And I was like, I want eyelashes. And how about I do you like, I do your social media for you because I had done some posting and right. this and that. And she was like, okay, like I literally didn't even know this would be considered to be like a social media manager type job. Like I didn't even have a Facebook account at this point, or at least a real Facebook. I had like a fake one. Um, so I, I had no social media and I, I just knew, I just was like, I'll do this for you. 
long story short, people started to like it. And I thought, well, I'll become a social, I'll become a social media manager. Except I wasn't just a social media manager. I was taking on jobs where I was writing people's blogs. I was doing Pinterest. I actually think I was like on Twitter, which I had no business being on. Like I started doing all of like writing people's email newsletters. And I was making like $5 an hour and decided that like this was I had no business. Like I was, why did I start? The, I, I was trying to make $500 a month and all of a sudden I'm working like 60 hours a week. Uh, well, why are they like, why are people hiring you at this point? Like, is it all referrals? Is it what, what yeah. why are they throwing everything, their entire public profile at you? <laughs> because I, I just basically went on Facebook one day. I, I did take the time to create a website. I started a so couple of social media profiles and I just put myself out there and said, Hey, I'm going to do this for you guys, or I'm going to uh, do social media management. Does anyone need help with any of this stuff? And I got clients right away, uh, just by kind of putting it out there saying yeah. what I was doing. And what I do you think that they liked about you th those first kind of clients? Well, I think people needed, I saw a need. So I filled in an immediate need. Mm -hmm. And I think because people knew me and my character, you know, I'm assuming that they thought, okay, you know, Brennan will do a decent job. And let's face it, they weren't paying me a lot of money. So right. even if they hired me on a month to month contract, they're only losing like $200. Right. right. So at the time, like they're not, it wasn't like this huge investment. So I think it was just a, a mixture of, you know, using, using my good name, if you will, and mm -hmm. going ahead and filling this need. And I had had some experience. So it's not like I came in this like completely like where I had never, ever done a social media post or never yeah. written an email, yeah. but knowing what I know now, I, I had no idea what I was doing. So, um, I, I really felt like I was led along a path, you know, like to somehow be here. But what happened was, is being a social media manager, no, I decided I hated it. Like I hated like collecting pictures and right. uh, God bless the social media managers out there. Like it's not a job. Like my dream is to hire one. So I don't have to do it myself. It's a lot of thought. So I, and because I was doing this, for, I was marketing for myself too. I kept hearing like, I love your writing. I love, I love like what you're doing. And so at that point, at the end of 2018, I decided that I needed to pivot and I pivoted over to email copywriting. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how I got myself thrust into the copywriting world. And so now, yeah, like people have an email list already and they hire you to come in and, and they just say, here, write my stuff. Well, that's what I started off doing. Uh, there's many evolutions <laughs> of, uh, of where I've been. So I started off doing in 2019 as an email copywriter. And yes, they would come in. I would, you know, help write newsletters for them. But over time, like my copywriting evolved and I started doing all different types of copywriting, sales pages, landing pages. I worked as a lead editor in my um, friend and mentor, uh, Marisa Corcoran's mastermind and or group coaching program, I should say. And so like, I, I kind of like did, I always joke around, like I went through like copy boot camp. Like I had experience doing mm -hmm. these things, but, and it was funny too. I started to call myself an email copywriter, but people were coming to me for websites, for landing pages, for all these different things. So I've kind of have like swiveled and, um, and even as of now, as I go into 2022, taking all of this, like all of like the store, I was actually fixing my website today. It's like taking the story, the strategy, 
and being able to merge those things together and help people with their overall marketing strategy and then helping them execute execute it with um, a good copy background that's backed by messaging and positioning. But at, at the core of it is that story part. And I yeah. also am doing a lot of pre-launch copy where I'm helping people come in and it, I, I do a lot of launch copy, but at the same point in time, I just decided I don't want to just like write people's launch copy. Like I want to develop that relationship before we get to the major sales period. Yeah. So that's definitely a focus of mine going into 2022. I've got a thought, but I got one more question. What, <laughs> what do, how do people compliment you? How do your clients compliment you? Or like, how do they say thank you? What kind of things do they say about you? Um, I would say that um, I think, that they love the way my brain works. Yeah. Um, they love like how I come up with these stories. Uh, I also think that one of my recent clients, which really helped me in this journey of kind of figuring out like the evolution of where I'm going and is that, you know, she said that I have, they brought me in to help with strategy and editing over the summer. And she was like that I, I can see the big picture but then I can get down to the granular parts of it. Mm -hmm. So I can come into a business and say, okay, you're here. You want to go there. That's great. Now let's create this marketing strategy, how we can get you there. And then let's get it down even further. How can we start using these fun stories, these fun different ways and kind of use that as our path to content to get people from point A to point B. So this, this is what's amazing. And you, you said it again there. I love it. There's this word evolve or evolution has come up a bunch. And I see what you bring is it, it's just that it's this ability, what you just said there about seeing the big picture. It's like you see the evolution you, you see and you think of literally look at evolution that if you look at the whole, you know, millions of years or however long you want to pick, take a time span and you can see this tadpole develop into a human or something like that. I don't know, whatever it is. Uh, and you can see the whole journey as you, you, Brenna, I feel like you see that whole evolution. You see that whole journey as you dig into somebody's story, whereas they might be looking at it and they're so deep into it that all that they see is the frog, the what it is now. And it takes so long for that change to happen, to become something else that they get discouraged. They get downtrodden. They think that I'm just talking about the frog. I'm just talking about the frog. And you're like, no, 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 no. You're talking about the whole thing. There's so much more to this journey. Is that, is that a line? Does that sound like something? Yeah. Is that, is that real? Like that, that to me is like, there's something you do there about evolution and, and to look back at this whole story of like, you're now helping people show up and be real be their real self, which includes this whole story. It comes from a place of you, again, whatever, however you grew up and however you evolved, it's like, I'm, I'm just, there's almost this like going through the motions or like just taking it one step at a time. And now you're at this place where you're like, I'm putting it all together. I'm putting my entire life together, all the things that I've learned and experienced, all the personality that you have and all the places and programs and things that you've learned, it's now all coming into this one package and like, Oh, how you have evolved to get to the place where you are, Brenna to now where you get to help people who also maybe feel stuck in one place, see their entire evolution and bring that forward to their audience to spark more sales. It's an incredible story. Yeah. 
I feel like it was like a little windy, but I know that's what I always joke. Like I'm in my mid forties. It's a lot. If I was 27, this whole story thing would be easier. Right. Cause I do think it is. It's like, it, the well, sure. You just have more chapters. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, Harry Potter is good. You know, the philosopher's stone, it's a good book, but the whole series is what makes it exceptional. And, and I think, yeah, sure. Somebody, you know, who's 30, who's in book five <laughs> of their life. Wow. Yeah. They've got a good series going on there, but add another two books to that and it becomes exceptional. That's you know another I mean? email for you, by the way. Well, <laughs> I come back to Harry Potter too much, but I agree. I, I need yeah, to record it. I need to listen to this. People know you because of the Harry, the Harry Potter, Potter right? So, be, uh, <laughs> check out my latest reels. Um, there's a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's it. You're like, yeah, it can be windy and it can be, and, and, and there's people who come to me, you know, I've worked with 60 plus year olds who are like, I've got a lot more story than you're used to. I'm like, yeah, but the, it, we can go in and we can look at all of this. But the point is at some point you were something, you experienced a moment that shifted you to be who you are now, whether that moment was 30 years ago or three months ago. It's it's a significant moment that matters, and and you get to fill in all that matters is that you actually have more stories to tell than somebody who's twenty seven. So you actually have you have a great advantage to pull from oh, all oh, these yeah. moments to now um, bring that to someone. But but the transformation is so simply the same from this to this through this, and and that's what you get to bring. Exactly. So well done, you. <laughs> you thank you very much i i love this it is again once again it is so easy to talk with you um you this is you know when i asked what people compliment you on i was expecting it's just so easy to work with her I, you just you bring your i do get a little bit of that as yeah because well, so. i think that this is what you i imagine this is what you you just bring this real self i'm just bringing who i am and that that is so easy to talk to, to work with, and to, to bounce back and forth. That's so magical. And so I, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for, you know, as I just described the story anyways, from going from like, uh, I, I don't know, let's say stuck to evolving and, and you're helping people do the same who feel like they might be stuck to recognize that not only their business is evolving, but they have a much bigger story to tell throughout this. And if somebody wants help through this, like I just got free help from you. Um, but if somebody wants to pay you to take them through this journey and to elevate their business, then uh, what's the best way for them to contact you and to get that conversation started? Well, I'm always on Instagram more than I should be. Hopefully I'll hit my goal of like 30 minutes a day. But for now, you can always hit me up on Instagram. That's probably the best way for immediate access. And then they can always, and I'm at at Brenna McGowan Co. And then you can always uh, find, get a hold of me through my website, which is also BrennaMcGowan.co. So fantastic. And what are you working on now? Like, what's the, what's, is there like a program? Is there something that you're, doing or something, anything that we can look for? Moving in 2022, I'm helping people in two different capacities. So I'm helping, um, I am taking on probably some like bigger copywriting projects, but uh, in general, I'm going to have my focus on two areas, which is first uh, helping people come up with pre-launch 
Uh, I have a whole pre-launch plan that I walk people through that helps people um, sell out their mm. offers, but in a way that doesn't feel so rushed. I've noticed a lot, especially in like our evolving world, uh, we'll use that word again, is that you know it's hard for people to make a buying decision very quickly, especially a yeah. large one. And the one of the areas that people don't focus enough on is the pre-launch period. And the pre-launch period, like once you get to sales, yeah, you may have a little bit of story, but your your sales emails, your sales stuff is pretty straightforward. And so it's like I love coming in and being able to do what I did with you with my clients and kind of like doing this matching thing of how can we use your content, your your podcast, your whatever it is, your live videos, your emails, your social media posts, and how can we create content that gets people really mm -hmm. excited to buy your offer when your doors open, if not also pre-sell. So I have a whole pre-launch plan that I'm working through with clients. I just did one with a friend and client, and we just had amazing results on her launch. Um, so really exciting. And I, I love that. I think work. I saw you share that actually share those, those results. Was that, that was a public thing, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. Massive numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I shared the results yesterday. She had a almost $70,000 launch. Uh, her, it wasn't the first time she's ever launched, but ever launched this particular right. program. And she had, she also had gotten some one-on-one -on -one work. Um, although I always go back and say with a caveat, when I throw out big numbers like this, it, it's, I'm not a magic, you know, my friend Deep Chica calls it the magic bean. I'm not the magic bean. Like there's a lot that goes into a launch, but uh, definitely having a pre-launch can really help uh, with people with their, and that, and not only does it help with people with selling out your, your offers, it really helps you get your messaging and your positioning down well ahead of your launch. So you go into your launch feeling mm. vetted, um, knowing that you're, you're speaking the right language, if you will, uh, to your people. And then the second way that I'm helping people is that I I'm doing something called fractional CMO, where I'm helping businesses on a monthly basis, where they're paying me to come in and take all of my writing genius and match it to marketing strategy and helping them execute execute that on a month-to-month -month basis. Brilliant. I love it. I To have you in like the back pocket would be phenomenal. Just always there like, hey, can I... Can I ask you about this? What do you think yeah. about this? You have Voxer access to me all month Goodness. long where I love to chat on Voxer uh, too. That's a little, <laughs> a little bit of a problem. So uh, that's something that these clients get is they get access to me to be able to ask ask these questions or if they're feeling stumped um, and, and have me come in and Amazing. Them. Well, this, uh, you know, this coming out at the beginning of 2022 here, I think uh, people are going to be contacting you for sure and looking out for that. And uh, I am just so grateful for you, for the way that you you respond to to my challenges, my questions for you, <laughs> and we create uh, just great conversation. Obviously, we are aligned in how we think about this and and see story uh, as such a valuable part of of business and marketing and connecting with people in general. And I'm just so grateful that uh, that I've got you here and for what you brought to my audience today. Thank you, Brenna. Thank you. Boom, baby. Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street, and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation, so please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram, or in the Fearless Speakers Academy and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life, and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.